0: BLOB TALK RADIO Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. on everyone. My name is William Powell, your host from the coast, the king of DC media. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, I welcome director Jake Fisher, who is directing the fan film of the DC Comics character, Aquaman. You can find Episode 1 by clicking the link on the show page of this episode. Let me remind you that Inside Acting is brought to you by DC Actors Examiner, a great column about acting. You can find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. Now, this show recently completed a fundraiser out of GoFundMe, and I want to thank everyone who contributed. Hey, and speaking of uh, fundraisers, Uh, We've got a fundraiser telethon coming up uh, this Wednesday. Mark it on your calendar, folks, March 11th at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. And I'll be holding a telethon to raise funds for director Richard Brown, who has a mystery called Greed. It's a a film noir called Greed. So tune in Wednesday night at 10. So I see that uh, Mr. Jake Fisher has joined us, so let me bring him on in.
1: Hey, hey, you hear what's
0: me? What's going on? Yeah, I hey, hear you. What's
1: going on, man? Yeah, not too much. How about you? Good, good. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So so what are we talking about tonight?
0: All right, so uh, how do you decide to uh to make this particular web
1: series about Aquaman? Yeah, um, how I came to create it was uh, I was looking at at projects online, and I was trying to figure out what was was getting funded online, and I was starting to notice that stuff that had a a a audience attached to it already had a much higher uh, higher rate of 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 getting funded. So I thought. Uh, you know, let's try to tackle, you know, my favorite superhero because Aquaman's the only blonde superhero and I happen to be blonde. So (laughs) that's kind of where I took it. Okay, well, you must be a – we'll get into
0: this later about DC and Marvel because, you know, there's Thor out there. But moving on to the Mm. next
1: question, Um, so you think that – oh, how many episodes are you, you shooting to have? Yeah, yeah. We're actually going to try something a little bit different, which is uh, which is we're going to do one episode per summer. And it's kind of our attempt at the boy head, uh, boyhood kind of way of filmmaking. And the reason why we're doing that is because we, uh, at least me, at least I noticed that if you're doing a web series and if you don't get that that following right away, more chances than not you're actually looking at a project that isn't going to be uh you know super successful right off the bat so i'm so so we're going with with a different you know kind of game plan which is you know try to see the 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 progress of a character over a very very long time because I just you know to to do a full season order. On something that isn't getting us any money back, uh, you know, right now is, is definitely more of a passion project than than, than a uh, you know than a money project. So so we plan to do one episode per summer though.
0: Okay, sounds cool. So uh, where are you shooting? Tell me about your locations.
1: Yeah, we shot at um, uh, Patapsco State Park, which is uh, about like 20 or 30 miles long. And we definitely wanted to get some nice outdoor shots, you know, uh, by the water. And because we tried to get creative with, you know, how much special effects can we put in this without it making it look cheesy. The one thing that I noticed when I was looking at all these fan films and really films in general, you know, that 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 are on a low budget scale, is that a lot of people don't pre-visualize what they want to shoot. And what I mean by that is that they're basically biting off more that than than they can chew. <laughs> so 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 we decided to go with a with a very non special effects version of it. So that way you could kind of get grounded to the character more, and you didn't you know look at the, the piece and go oh that's fake oh this is low budget. So pretty much we're working with what we had. And um, uh, for the school, we were very, you know, happy. uh We were very thankful that one of uh, uh, our cameramen, uh, their father happened to work at one of the local high schools in the DMV area, and he was happy to have us on board, and we were happy to be there. And um, the rest was just, you know, this. the budget was, you know, everything was coming out of my pocket, so I had to, you know, make this as, as, as cheap as possible, especially since we didn't have a buyer lined up or anything like that which we are still seeking, but we'll see. So,
0: um,
1: yeah. Hmm. How did you go about casting? Uh, Casting was kind of neat because we didn't really have the means to do a full-fledged casting call and and auditions and all that like I am doing for my next film here. But uh, what we did was I, I had known uh Jake Johnson who plays uh Arthur Curry there, uh, um, the main character. And I yeah, he's six four, six five and uh the problem was he had red hair. So if uh, anybody watching it uh you know, if 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 you can look at him, you know, he uh he actually is a redhead. So we had to change that, you know, that was the money to get him uh, full blonde because we didn't want him half blonde or strawberry blonde or anything like that. But um, I knew Jake Johnson from the theater department at at Towson University. And uh, and I kind of like working with theater people that haven't really been in too many films. Because I think, at least in my experience, when I've worked with people that have been in a lot of indie films, they almost get to that stage where they think that that they're the big fish in, in the small pond of the indie world. And I don't like right. messing with any. Yeah, so I don't like messing with anybody that has you know egos on a, on a no budget shoot. So I I like working with a lot of theater people because for the most part I can train them up to kind of you know like dial that theater down to to very you know uh, small moments. Um, we got um, uh, uh, Talia Ste is uh, uh, she was in New York when we were talking to her, but we knew she was going to, because she's from the area, so we knew she was going to be back around town for the summer, and she had worked with Alexis uh, Alexis Barone on a feature called um, Ram- uh, Vampire Rise of the Fallen. I think that was uh, Sean Anthony's film that uh, premiered last year at uh, WIMF or whatever the uh, festival was. And then uh Nick Jameson who plays Devin, he is a uh, very, very close friend of mine. He actually uh went through the entire Towson Film program uh with me, but uh his his heart lies in acting, so I thought, you know, the one role I could give him would be the ditzy best friend of Aquaman. And there really isn't a a, a way to mess that role up. <laughs> and then of course we have <laughs> Donald M being our teacher and uh he got uh in contact with me. Through Alexis and and Talia because um uh, they they have worked on a, a number of films all, all three of them together, and uh, you know extremely nice person and couldn't have asked for for uh, for a better Mister Allen he was uh you know there on time he, he 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 was he was dedicated to the character and you know he was just a pleasure to be around and then of course I can't for, uh, forget uh, Dominique Spencer our uh, our 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 Devon or not Devon um he was. It, uh, the the hopes was when I casted him that he would eventually become Black Manta. He would be the evil character that Aquaman would eventually have to have to face off against. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get the, you know, because uh, the first episode's up and we've gotten a, a, a nice following behind it. But, you know, it didn't blow up and break the internet, as they said, you know, so our budget. And this is something in filmmaking in general that a lot of people, you know, have to make that choice is, you know, you have X amount of money to to make a movie. Do you want to make the same one again or do you want to try to go in a different uh, path in hopes that that one hits and and really blows things up, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm gonna switch gears here. So you think that all comics should be made into movies, or there's some that should be left alone?
1: I definitely think that some should be left alone, just like some books or or short stories should be left alone. Because I think there's there's some either you know uh, I I guess we'll just start with 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 a with, with a central character. There's some characters that just they 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 read better than they than they see and what i mean by that is you know there's a lot more you can get uh, get with on a a comic book when you're reading it than you can showing it you know so uh i'm trying to think of a good example of a superhero but you know the problem with the uh the marvel and dc you know is that they've been in business for a very very long time you know since you know, late 1930s to early 1940s. So they got 60, 70 years worth of characters, stories, and the truth of the matter is, is that not every single you know comic book was good. You know, there's just too many out there for every single one to be great. And I think you know this is just like you know with all of the um all, all the J.R. R. Tolkien fans who say, oh well, why aren't you making um uh uh Tom Bombadil, who was a random chapter in the Fellowship of the Ring. Well, why 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 didn't he make it into the movie? Well it's because it was a you know a random scene in the book that the author personally liked but for an on screen purpose it had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> so I think that that's what people need to kind of uh think about when they're when they ask those questions of why isn't this person in this movie and why isn't why didn't they bring on this character? And I think what you need to, you know, step back and realize, does it drive the story forward? You know, a lot of people yeah. need to need to, uh, you know, look at Marvel and, and and DC's game plan. They have a set overall story that they're telling over a ten to twenty year period. There's a reason that you know each movie gets put out one ex one after the next. It it, it all is building. To a, to a grand uh, grand theme and story. So, for example, the uh, over the past 5, 10 years, it was all building up to all the superheroes getting together and forming the Avengers. That was the whole point of making, you know, uh, Captain America, Thor, uh, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk. That was the whole reason was because it was to bring them all in, 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 into one grand thing. Now, of course, everybody will say, you know, well, we're just, out there to watch the movie, we don't really care about story. And I think that's the problem with with today's viewers that, you know, a lot of the time they're looking for, well, how much did you spend in in, in special effects rather than, you know, uh, can this actor actually sell this moment? Or do I really feel that Iron Man or whoever is down in the dumps? You know that 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 kind of deal because I think what happens with these superhero movies is that we're not we're we're not connected to to any of the characters, so it becomes a lot harder when when they when they bring on those very heavy drama moments. You know, if you want Hulk to to die, you have to make us love him for the you know past two hours or something like that. You know. So to answer your question, no, there there is uh, no shot that I would make every single one into a uh, a movie. There, I think my my personal opinion on the ones coming out, uh, I don't think Daredevil on on Netflix is is worth a try because you tried to put Ben Affleck in it and Kevin Smith directed it and all that, and I don't think there's any need to reboot something that barely made any money the first time around. Uh I'm I'm not ex- I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not excited about Supergirl. Uh that picture got uh, uh posted today where they uh I think it, it it'll be a CBS show and generally the oh, yeah. C B S drama is uh NCIS, NCIS LA. They don't really do this kind of ballpark, so I see that one crashing and burning just as fast as the uh, pilot for Wonder Woman did. A lot of people yeah. forget that Wonder Woman was made into a pilot with um Adriana Pilecki from Prime Lights. And it was a decent pilot, you know, but it, it felt phony at, at multiple times because, you know, either A the actor wasn't playing it right or B the the, the people who are making it aren't making it right. You know, and I think that's the reason why I personally love Man of Steel so much is because the visual style of that movie has a purpose and, you know, and and, and and it has reason. And 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 those are the kind of movies I like. So that's why when I was making Aquaman, you know, I, I could have easily put in, you know, joke after joke and made it very campy, you know, about making fun of Aquaman because that's what everybody does. But instead, I chose to go with a very, very dark route in hopes that people, you know, will actually look at Aquaman not as a superhero but as a person. And I think that's one theme in all the superheroes uh, movies that they put out is that you really never get uh, get attached to the person; you only become attached to the superhero.
0: Hmm. Why is Hollywood obsessed with comic book heroes these days?
1: Sorry, I didn't catch that one.
0: Yeah, why is why do you think Hollywood is so obsessed with uh, comic book heroes?
1: Oh, it makes money. It's, it's plain and simple. It, 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 it's. Uh, Oh God! I was watching something on YouTube the other day, and I think it was the guy it was the one who does all all all, all of the uh it was uh honest trailers and uh he had a line where it goes like if if you slap this <laughs> this really dumb marvel sticker on it, you're gonna go and pay and see it and unfortunately that is the truth if you put out you know, Bob goes g- goes to the store, and it's brought to you by Marvel. People will pay to see it because they're going to expect Bob to go in the store and turn into a superhero. You know, that's just the uh, the unfortunate side of it. And uh, but yeah, the and, uh, the the safest bet right now for movie making is superhero movies because you're looking at about a 300% return on your investment, which is unheard of in today's filmmaking. So uh, superhero movies are here to stay for at least, you know. I mean, honestly, I don't see it ever ending because the special effects will only get better, the the budgets will only get better, you know, and bigger. You know, I mean, there it, there, there will be a time when, uh, just like on Entourage, when James Cameron officially says, "Give me a billion dollars and I'll make you the greatest superhero movie ever." You know, there 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 will be a time of that eventually. But uh but yeah, I mean people try to, you know, uh make it nice and fun that oh well it's because of the kids. The kids love it. Oh, it's because of, you know, when we were kids, uh we read comic books. It has nothing to do with that. It it, it, it it's money. <laughs> so uh, you know, as, as bleak as that sounds, you know, uh what, if if it sells, you know, uh, you know, it, just like the quote says, if it's not broken, you know, don't change it kind of deal. You know.
0: That's right. Uh well,
1: Jim. <laughs> Jason Momoa as Aquaman, yes or no? Fantastic, love it. And and what's funny too is uh, when that picture came out, he, I don't know if you saw, it, he had all of the tattoos on his chest. We actually made our version with all the tattoos one year prior to that being uh, posted. So if anybody you know wants to give me some uh, some checks there for the for the tattoo idea, I'm more than happy to take it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, uh, it's kind of hard because the only uh, uh, thing I've really seen him in, in is Game of Thrones. And, of course, uh, he didn't speak English in that show, so <laughs> it's a little tough. So I, I've been meaning to watch a few of his uh, his uh, indie movies that he's come out with. He actually did do a number of indie films, which was nice to, you know, see a big actor like that move. But uh, But I think it's a great choice. You know, I, I just hope that they don't run into any race problems because you know there's just you know people love bitching about stuff. So you know I don't I can't see any problem with people saying well he's a Pacific Islander or, or whatever he is and that's and that's why he loves fish. You know I mean hopefully we don't get anything like that, but people love to make drama, so you never quite know. But yeah, I, I thought him and I thought the casting for Black Panther, I thought those are both great picks you know the only thing i'm worried about is uh you know they they make these actors sign these contracts 5 years in in, in advance so you're really hoping that you know this actor doesn't just let themselves go or you know whatever you know cuz the guy who uh is doing black panther you know that movie's not coming out till uh you know 18 19 something like that and uh, it, it's it's going to be a while so you know you just you you, you kind of worry about those kind of you know choices but for, for yeah Jason Momoa there, and I'd definitely give that one a thumbs up.
0: What's your take on uh, the comments made by uh, michelle rodriguez was she made a comment about keeping traditional characters from the thirties and
1: forties the same ethnicity what's what's your take on that? Yeah, and that's kind of what we were going off earlier there. You know, I, I definitely love when people go outside of the box, but, you know, the issue is that it, it brings so much drama with it, you know. So, like, for example, uh, I don't know if it pertains to comics more or less, but I'm a big um, fan of Idris Elba. I, I just love his acting. I think he's great. I said, you know, uh, to somebody like, oh, well, what if they made uh, James Bond? You know, what if they picked him as James Bond? And then he went, well, you know, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, you know, traditionally, every Bond has been white, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to to see a complete reboot. So it, it's just the issue that it brings so much negative stuff to it. But on the opposite side of that coin, you know we've been watching you know different races of actors play different races for years i mean i remember uh when uh what was the movie with christian the, uh the ridley scott movie the exodus gods and kings and everybody was yeah. all that that's the all white cast that uh that blah 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 and they were all uh, egyptian well a lot of people you know forget 1984 Gandhi. That's Ben Kingsley as well, playing an Indian person. But nobody had a problem with it back then. So I just don't really understand why, you know, like every five years, a, a, uh, like the the same issues reemerge, even though it's been happening the the entire time, you know. And of course, the Oscars is just like that. Every year, it's a different you know group of people that 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 wins, you know, it all. So this year was everybody was touting it the you know the uh, the 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 Spain Oscars because you know Birdman swept you know everything and you know it it always has to go back to race and i think what people need to really do is just step back and go who and what services this story and character the best you know not counting anything else does this person move us in in a place where we want to be so I'm all for Idris Elbow playing anything because, you know, I'm a huge fan. But, of course, he had to take the uh, role in Thor, so he's not getting any superhero anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Have you ever drawn comics?
1: I'm sorry?
0: Have you ever drawn comics?
1: No, I actually write comics, though. I'm actually in the process of uh, I'm turning one of my feature scripts into a comic book because um, – I I read a story a long time ago. The guy uh the um the Wachowski brothers, the ones who made the Matrix movies, they uh-huh. had a script and they and obviously if you try to watch the Matrix and then go, How would this look in book form? It doesn't look good in book form. <laughs> so so what they did was they made a comic book and they said, Okay, all that mumble jumble on the on the page uh don't look at that because you obviously don't get it. So look at the comic book. And through the comic book the you know the funders they were able to look at it and they were able to say, "Oh, okay, this is, you know, this is basically storyboarding for the entire movie." And 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 that's another thing with comic book making and writing as well is that if you are looking to make a feature you know, paying someone, you know, two to five thousand dollars to make a comic book for you isn't the worst thing in the world because at worst case scenario, if no one buys your comic book, your storyboards are done for your feature. You know? So right. that's the reason. Yeah. So, um and of course, other people would argue and say, you know, well storyboards don't look like that. Well, I think they they would look better if they were fully colorized and perfect looking, you know, obviously. But uh, but yeah, so I'll, um, it, it'll be called Nephilim Prime. It's a, uh, a story about the uh, the great race of the Anunnaki, which were um, ten foot tall giant beings that uh, some believe. We are the ancestors of them, and uh one guy comes along Bancroft, and he is trying to figure out you know why these great beings are calling him to action so hopefully that will be done by the end of um twenty fifteen we're hoping, and then I'll hope to have that in in comic book stores by the by the start of twenty sixteen excellent, excellent. Have you ever acted? Yeah, well, uh, you probably saw that I am in Aquaman. Don't know if you saw that bit there. <laughs> I play uh, Orm Orm Curry actually, and um, yeah, I, I actually started out as 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 an actor and uh, did it for about five years. I started in high school. I did the Shakespeare monologue contest and I and I won a couple of those, and uh, that's what got me uh, the the acting bug kind of sparked because when you're younger the it's a lot easier to be acting in a movie than it is to make a movie. So I just wanted to be kind of in it. And the only way to be in it was to go out and just star in movies. So, and then of course, when I was younger, I was probably better looking than I am now. So that helped. (laughs) But, uh, so I did that for a number of years and, uh, then I, uh, and then I, I I really don't try to act as much anymore because I'm so busy having to uh, having to make films. I really just don't have the the time anymore. So even though I really love to act and I you know and I love to put myself when, when I came up with with this idea, I was actually going to play Arthur Curry there. I was gonna you know be Aquaman, but. You know, I, I really wanted someone very, very tall for it, and then I finally took the step back and said, you know, you're you're definitely more suited for the uh, for the evil role than, than 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 the hero role. So that's why, you know, I I, ch- I chose to take that role. And the role of Orm was a lot less involved, which was nice because I didn't have to, you know, have to learn you know seven pages of dialogue, you know, along with having to Figure out how to how to you know frame every shot and you know all that stuff, but uh, but yeah, I've been acting for a long long time and then uh, you know uh, the, oh and then another comic book connection. I actually played Joker in a, uh, a Towson University project. They, uh, they 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 were doing a scene study project, and I and and and, and I played Joker in, in that one. So so that was real fun. What do you look for in actors? I would say that what I'm looking for now is a lot different than I used to be because uh, I'm taking a class right now with Claudia Myers who did a movie called Fort Bliss with um, Michelle Monahan and Ron Livingston. And I'm I'm learning, you know, a lot more than, than I had been in the past. And I'm seeing things a lot different now. The way I used to direct was a very old school approach, very technical approach, which was, I'm gonna make everything perfect on the technical side, but all the acting and all of the prep work I expect you, the actor, to do. And now I've kind of completely changed my, my, my thought on that and now I'm looking for a a, a, a uncarved block. And <laughs> what I mean by that is uh someone who who is ready to learn and is ready to serve my vision through their body. So basically what I mean is if if I come across somebody who uh who already has a certain idea of how to play it and it has to be that way. And if they don't listen very well if if if, if they don't uh you know, if there isn't really any any open dialogue. You know, I think when you're when you're creating something, a lot of people think, well it, it it's my thing, it's your thing, it's this, you know, when I when I'm writing a, A script. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hearing it in my head. You know, I'm like, oh, this is how it has to be, you know, said. But every single film I've made, it turns out completely different than I'm feeling it in my head. You know, because that's what that individual actor brought to you. So basically, what I'm looking for now is just someone who's just willing to to not have any preconceived no, you know, preconceived notions of anything. And I really just want someone that that. That when we look at the script together, we we go, who is this character? Why are they doing it? You know, we we want scene needs, life needs. You know, we want objectives within each of these things. You know, so so basically now I have you know my actors doing a lot 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 more work. You know, uh, when when we we're working on Aquaman, I didn't have one rehearsal with any of the actors. And, and it does show, you know, in certain parts, you know, a lot of moments could have been sold a little bit harder, but you know, you know, you, you, you just do with the, the best of what you're dealt with, you know, those people, you know, they're, uh, they, well, because they were feeder, you know, they had contacts with, you know, uh, conflicts with plays, and whatnot. Well, excuse me, and um, so uh, so yeah, so I think what what I'm really really looking for now is just people who really really want to create something but create my vision so basically you're you're looking for somebody who who has read your story and goes i completely understand what your story means and i understand why you're trying to tell it because i think what what a lot of actors do is they pick up a script and they go how do i make this cool and that's how I used to act. I, I would go, where can I slap myself so I can look cool on camera? You know, and then and you really can't do that. So I think what, you know, if I had to give any, you know, uh, suggestions for actors is learn that story. Learn why it's being told. Learn what your objective is from scene to scene do your uh, do do your roller coaster chart of of when your your emotions are up and down per scene, so that way we can you know you know gravitate towards you you know as, as a viewer, because I think what a lot of actors run into is that they they say the lines and you know it comes out fine and it's great, but the viewer isn't quite latching on to them, and I think what what uh what breaks a good actor apart from a from from a bad actor is that a good actor will always connect with their viewer. I don't think there's one actor that's really, really good that you can look at where you go like, I I, I can't feel what, what he's saying. You know, a really good actor will send everything he or she has through the little box and into your eyes, which obviously affects your brain and your mind. So uh so yeah I think that's what I'd say. But of course, you know it is constantly changing. I think the great thing about, you know, film and and TV as you know as as an artwork is that, you know, at least for me, I feel that I'm constantly changing and I'm constantly growing into something, you know, different all the time. You know, it's it's not better or worse because of course all film and video is subjective art. Yeah, you know, or you know, uh, there there is there is no right or wrong answer. You know, so it's you know what can we bring to you, the viewer, to hopefully leave a lasting impression on you. And that's what I try to do. But I I would say, you know, the most important thing is rehearsal. But unfortunately, it is the one thing that is overlooked in every indie, uh, you know, shoot that that I see. Because it's either people are too lazy or they just don't have time. So that's what I would say to that. Yeah,
0: we're down to about uh, roughly a little bit under 10 minutes, so quickly talk a little bit about uh, how you got permission to, because you had that really cool graphic, the DC Comics graphic intro. Talk about how you got permission to use that, and then we'll wrap up with a couple of uh, fun questions and talk about what you got coming up next. So so talk about the graphics.
1: Yeah, um, uh, it a, a lot of people don't know that when you're making a fan film, uh, laws actually don't don't uh, go towards you. So, for example, when you're making a fan film, you're making it for the love or practice of that film. You're you, you're actually you have to put, you know, when when you post it and stuff, you have to say this is not for for making money. This is for the love of that film. And it's it's kind of like the it's called the parody law. And what the parody law says is that if you're making fun of something in the in in the hopes to get a you know a following, you know of uh, laughter or whatever, you can use corporate sponsors. So for example, Nathan Fielder he had a show uh, he has a show called Nathan for You on Comedy Central, and he made a restaurant called Dumb Starbucks, and it had the logo and everything. And it's because of these laws, you know. And of course, he is the one that uh, that saw the loophole in it, which is, oh, all you have to do is put the word "dumb" in front of something, and it doesn't matter because by law they have to let me do this. So basically, you know, uh, fan films don't have that very cynical view like Nathan Fielder does. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, you know, the long story short is that uh, you know, for for anything. Uh, related to superheroes or anything fan film, you can pretty much get away with anything you want because it is a fan film. Now, if I didn't call it a fan film and I said this is an original uh, Account 24 Productions licensed and owned by Account 24, I, I wouldn't be able to do that because I haven't bought the rights to use Aquaman as a character. But because it's a fan film, you're allowed to do whatever you want. And there, there's tons of fan films out there. Uh, Star Wars fan films have been the staple of fan films for for years. There's been probably over a thousand Star Wars fan films, and I think they uh, uh I they they used to have a uh, a fan film a uh, uh, a film festival on LucasArts.com. I don't know if they do it anymore, but uh, every year you know two three hundred people would submit these Star Wars fan films, and you know you you use the logos the 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 title crawl and all these trademark things but because you're doing it you know in love of the of the story and 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 company and characters you know they they don't care at all and it's all part of the fan film law along with a couple other laws as well
0: okay so we're down to about seven minutes so i have a like a A funny, uh, interesting kind of question to ask you, and then we'll just go into uh, what you got coming up next and how fans can keep up with you. So what Aquaman power would make you a better director? What Aquaman power would make you a better
1: director? For a director? Okay. Uh, What Aquaman power? Well, you see, it's tough because Aquaman's powers are mainly water-based. So the only you know, so obviously if I if I was a director I would want to be the Flash because I could, you know, bounce around everywhere on set super fast. But if I'm off the of man's powers, I guess the one thing you would want is where you can talk to sea creatures because then right. maybe from there I can, you know, go and go and get all all of uh, of, of my shots underwater and I can you know, tell the sharks, hey, I need you to swim past in three seconds, and I can do something like that.
0: <laughs> so so,
1: so so, that, so, so basically I would be enlisting the entire ocean to be actors and extras, which would always be cool. Because I'm sure, you yeah. know, anybody that, that has to, you know, be a, you know, a videotape, you know, uh, anything underwater, obviously you don't get the framing you want because there's no control under there. So I guess if, if if I had that one power, I would definitely have control over complete framing in the water, which is unheard of. So that would definitely give me a boost up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's next?
1: What's next is going to be the Arboretum. And that is going to be... Um, I'm actually holding auditions uh, March 8th. And um, it is a story kind of like Fight Club in, in the sense that two characters or two actors playing the same character. So, um yeah. basically it's a story about a girl who has um she has accidentally killed her boyfriend on her birthday and now it is a year later, it is her birthday again and she wants her best friend to kill her because she can't stand the guilt of accidentally yeah. killing her uh her boyfriend 1 year ago on her birthday. So it's basically a, a you know a story about dealing with guilt and and whether or not can you justify killing yourself kind of deal.
0: Hmm. What so was the title be,
1: the Arboretum?
0: The Arboretum. Okay,
1: good. Yeah, and that'll be coming out. We're shooting on the uh, uh, end of March, and we hope to have that out by mid-April. Uh, and uh, th- this one is very, very, you know, pro-ready. Uh, we, we're going to have all SAG actors, and... Uh, you know, I, we we have a great casting director. A uh, shout-out to Bjorn Munson from uh, Stone Chan uh, Casting. We have him, you know, helping us out on that end. And, uh, yeah, it's going great. You know, so hopefully in, from the submissions we've gotten so far, there's a lot of great, talented actors that are, you know, uh. It, 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 and it was nice to see that a lot of L.A.-based actors are willing to do shoots on the East Coast, and and it was nice because I wasn't offering a very substantial amount of money. So I think the the lesson to learn from that is that if you put out a really great story, people will come. You know, you, you just really need to have a great story though. Don't just write something that you you say hey, it'll, it'll be kind of cool. No, make something great. You know, rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it until it becomes great, and then people will come to you.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, so uh how can fans keep up with you?
1: Yeah, they can keep up with me um if uh we have I, I'm trying to remember on on YouTube. Uh I still have I I need to officially change over the account, but uh you can type in Jake Fisher on uh, on YouTube and you should be able to find all my work on there for the past couple of years. Uh and then uh on on Vimeo as well, uh Jake Fisher on there and uh eventually, here and after we get done with uh with our next film account twenty four productions is is gonna have a a, a a fully run site and it'll have you know links to if you wanna hire us to make movies or if you wanna hire us to write you a movie and stuff like that and then um hopefully it'll kind of get our our production company off of the ground and running because. You know, uh, as, as much as I love making my own stuff, you know, at some point here, we're we're, we're going to need to upgrade it, all the equipment, and that takes money. So, obviously, hiring our services out, you know, to do things is a way to do that. But the production company is called Account24 Productions.
0: Well, Jake, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. I mean, that, that new feature you got, uh, the Arboretum, sounds great. I definitely want to have you come on and talk about that as well. Uh, You've been a fantastic guest, and uh, I wish you all the best. All right, thank you. Yeah, go ahead and let me know if you need me on at any other time. All right. Okay, well, thank you. Have a great night, man. Uh, You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. And let me leave you with this quote from Adam West. He played uh, Batman back in the 60s. He is uh, quoted was saying that I've always tried to fit what I do professionally into my family rather than the other way around. Good night.